Here we go. Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, good dusk, good dawn. Whatever time you're listening, wherever you're listening from, shout out to my Spotify listeners, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music. If you're on Samsung's Podchasers, GeoSavan, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, if you're watching in, thanks for giving me a reason to get dressed today. Coming live from my voice to your phone, computer, headphones, TV, car stereo, smartwatch, Bluetooth speaker. It's 2022, people. Almost 2023. It is getting really crazy the way I'm able to record and the way you're able to listen wherever you want, whenever you want. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here right now. Take a moment to be present and recognize that it is now. Right now. Wherever your now is, whether that's working, running, exercising, cleaning, laying down, flying, driving, be grateful we're alive. Failure can be frightening. However, as Winston Churchill reminds us, success is all about going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Without losing enthusiasm is the big part. You know, a lot of people are excited when that bell rings, get that first punch in the face and uh, it's like, damn, you want to crumple. But... <clears throat> We're going to keep moving without losing any enthusiasm. I'll be honest, man. Episode eight, my enthusiasm is higher than it's been even doing episode one. So hopefully I can ride this. I'm not naive enough to think that the uh, original happiness of getting started with something new won't eventually fade. But that's why you got to set it up and think of any problems that could occur. Just roll with the punches as you go. This is I Will Not Lose podcast where we explore stories of success learned from failure, what's going on in the week, how we can learn from other people's failures, etc. So let's jump right in. Announcements. It is December 11th, 2022, and we're recording. So we're coming right around into the Christmas season. We since got the Black Friday results in, and I have to stick my foot in my mouth. Pretty sure I went on the air saying that um, I just don't think Black Friday is going to be a big hit, whether it be because of the recession, whether it be because uh, people are just so content with shopping online. I don't know. But between in-store and online, this was a record-breaking uh, year. I, I might as well just throw out 20 million billion because I don't know the number. It was in the billions, but this was big for retail. So um, who knows how long this recession will go or what will fade. But I can tell you what, it would have been a lot scarier had Black Friday not done well because everybody would have started pulling their money back even crazier. You know, I'm not an economist. I just watched what happened in 2008 and a lot of those people are still alive. So would like to think that something we can learn from uh, the 2008 recession, but maybe I'll see, uh, reach in my network, see if I can get an economist on to discuss that because it's, it's pretty interesting. If you don't look at it with a fear of doom and gloom and just realize you may have to change some things that you have, uh, it's, it's doable. It's definitely doable. Uh, one thing I have refused to change on is coffee. So even if I buy the K-Pods and I make coffee at home, I've tried instant coffee and boiling water and just making it like that. Uh, it's not it's not about the caffeine. It's not even a caffeine addiction. Something about getting a cup of designer coffee before you get started in the office. So uh, whether you get your designer coffee from Starbucks, Dunkin', Tim Hortons, doesn't matter to me, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, black coffee's 
damn near four dollars anyway. So why not just pay five twenty five and get a grande and for seventy five cents more you can have an extra eight ounces. So why not get that? You know, it's harder and harder to justify, and there really is no cheap solution. So I am guilty. I will be the first to say I'm spending way too much money on coffee. But hey, it's what we can do. So let's see, what do we got going on? There's a couple of things I have in my notes today. I wanted to talk about complacent thinking, wanted to start talking about New Year's resolutions, whether you guys have yours now or whether you're going to wait till the first to make yours. Um, I made my New Year's resolution last year, but now as it's coming up to the first, I don't know if I'm going to keep it. Uh, We'll see. But yeah, you know, you got to be open to hearing a new way. So if you're a complacent thinker, it starts to get a little bit scary. And you think about the world of complacent thinking and the farther you go back, I mean, the the earth was the center of the universe. Um, the earth was flat. The, the concept, America didn't exist. I mean, our entire world changes with paradigm shifts. And a lot of times people say, hey, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to adopt that. Nobody's going to adopt that because I won't adopt that. And then you have small neighborhoods of people who don't adopt. But it's funny, I was uh, doing some Christmas shopping and I'm driving around with my mom and we're talking about electric vehicles. I was telling her about the 500 mile drive that we're going to talk about in a second that Tesla achieved over the past week. Um, And she was just saying how people aren't ready to make the jump to electric vehicles, at least completely, you know, people in the town where she's from just talk about whether it be safety issues or they're not going to be able to find a charge and they're never going to do that. Meanwhile, there's tons of engineers solving these problems as we speak, but people are still thinking it's never going to happen. So there's a couple of examples I wrote down just on that theme, but to go more on the Tesla truck and what happened. So over the past week, and again, I'm going to hit this disclaimer every time you guys are coming to me thinking that this is the first time you want to hear something. That being said, don't worry, fear of missing out if you this is the first time you're hearing it. Um, Tesla completed a 500-mile drive with a semi-truck, fully electric, on a single charge with an 81,000-pound load. This, as some people would say, defies the laws of physics. So... This isn't going to be a super into it. You know, I was actually looking at some of the engineers going over the math and calculating because Tesla hasn't quite put out everything. They put out some of the ranges of like how much the battery was pulling. So there's engineers deciphering how much charge the truck had going uphill versus downhill, which brought me onto something that I didn't know. But I guess electric vehicles recharge themselves due to some law of physics with potential energy, where if they're going uphill, they use charge faster. But as they're going downhill, they can put some of that energy back into the battery. So I'm reading notes on uh, Quora or Reddit, I can't remember, about how they broke down and engineers and naysayers that were saying that essentially this would break the laws of physics. So I'm going to cite um, electrek.co for this that I'm about to read, but this is... um, This was the problem and why people were saying that it would never happen. People like Bill Gates, people much smarter than me. The problem is that the batteries are big and heavy. The more weight you're trying to move, the more batteries you need to power the vehicle. But the more batteries you use, the more weight you add, the more power you need. 
Even with the big breakthroughs in battery technology, electric vehicles will probably never be a practical solution for things like 18-wheelers, cargo ships, and passenger jets. Electricity works when you need to cover short distances, but we need a different solution for heavy, long-haul vehicles. Uh, Gates wasn't the only one with doubts about Tesla Semi back then. We also reported on comments made by Dalmer's head of trucks, Martin Darum, who said that Tesla's 500-mile range broke the laws of physics. Quote, if Tesla really delivers on this promise, we'll obviously buy two trucks, one to take apart and one to test, because if that happens, something has passed us by. But for now, the same laws of physics apply in Germany and in California. End quote. Uh, Daimler has since brought to market several of its own battery electric trucks, but none of them has a range close to 500 miles. Okay, so... Tesla put out their evidence is a chart as well as a time lapse video of the nonstop video of the truck making the 500 mile drive and passing through. Um, I forget where to where, but 500 miles is a long way on a single charge wherever you go with that sort of weight. So you take all this into consideration and now you have engineers going nuts, trying to break everything down, trying to figure out what they did. Uh, the most recent one I saw was that the load wasn't 81,000 pounds. That might have been a few hundred pounds lighter, which makes a huge difference as I'm looking through all the math. But hey, what does this mean if it is a single charge? I mean, transportation still is one of the largest industries. I mean, your stuff has to get from somewhere. When you order something from Amazon, it's sitting somewhere and it has to get to you. Your milk has to stay refrigerated the whole time it's being transported and other goods that stay refrigerated until they get to the grocery store or to your refrigerator. So online shopping doesn't quite cut out retail. It doesn't, stuff still has to get shipped. I mean, there's there's places that don't have access. They're not, you know, I have, uh, luckily I live in Allentown. I have access to almost everything in the city and I'm less than two hours away from things I don't have access to in New York or Philadelphia, but there are some still remote places in Alaska. So anything that can even put a chip in that trucking industry and provide either a more efficient or cheaper way to do it, you're going to have huge jumps in an industry moving towards this. Um, if Tesla wanted to, I mean, it's competitors like Amazon. I believe Amazon was investing in its own trucks or did, or a percentage of their fleet is their own. I don't know how many of them are electric or whatnot, but there's a lot of places that need to get things transported. So this hitting the market could change a bunch of things. And it's it's strange. In the light of everything going on with Elon Musk, he's sort of like this weird engineer celebrity, uh, probably has way more notoriety than anyone like Tesla or anyone has in the past. And he's become a pop icon. So a lot of the stuff that he does shouldn't be news, but it's going to be trumpeted to the front. We've spent so much time worried about his tweets that we're forgetting that the company is still making huge strides in engineering. So big shout out to Tesla if you guys did achieve this. Big shout out if you didn't. I mean, I hate lying on data, so I hope you guys did not change or try to mess with this experiment and we can learn something from it. But we'll see. Um, we'll see where this goes. But you have this idea of complacent thinking. This really had me thinking about people who say nobody will shift. Um, 
I keep quoting the 2008 recession. This was a big time for me because I had been laid off from Circuit City and I decided to start a branding business to help people with logos who are also starting their businesses. One of the things that I saw happen during that time is there were things like Google Hangout, which it's still a thing, but it was much different back then. Video chat was not the way, it wasn't where it was. And honestly, even at the beginning of Corona, it wasn't quite where it needed to be. But they made huge strides as people moved towards working remotely. In 2009, I struggled to get people to do two things. One of them was log into a project management system to check all of their stuff. And the biggest thing I got was, oh, I got to log in. I got to remember another password. And it's like, okay, people have a point. People don't like to change the way they do things. So a lot of people have some sort of, um, they pay for software to keep all their passwords in one place, or they use the same computer because Google has the password manager and they make it easier to do stuff. But you let writing down a password prevent you from using cloud-based software and you're still emailing Word documents for somebody to save and make edits and send back. And it's like, you know, there were things like Google Docs and there was cloud-based things for collaboration that people just weren't using. So when I tried to get people to go on to Hangouts um, and Zoom, you still have to do this. No matter what video player you use, you have to download a client and then it opens up. Well, people didn't want to download something from Google especially not called Google Hangouts. Oh, and it's free? No, nope, that's a virus. I won't do it. So nobody would put Google Hangouts onto their computer and video chat. Um, something happened in the corona. It was like that climax where everybody's talking about something. Um, if you remember when Facebook and Twitter were still kind of new and there was a whole generation trying to figure out what are all these kids doing on this social media? Is social media going to be a fad? And I remember going out to networking groups and I said, how many people think Facebook is a fad? And this was 12 years ago and 90% of the room raised their hands. They didn't want to hear anything that I had said about using it to network or grow reach. And now here we are in 2022. Facebook is declining, but people are still going to be logging into that app. The usage rates, the amount of users that still use that app, they complain about it, but they use the app to complain about it. So they're not going anywhere. Um, you have to learn to adapt to things that are happening in the world around you. Otherwise, you just become complacent, you just become fearful, you become grumpy, and you get mad at the rest of the world for changing around you rather than adopting onto something else. So nowadays, it's not even a thought. People have video. There's still people like Apple with the FaceTime, and they make it difficult to video chat between Android and Apple devices. But I did get my father-in-law to download Zoom on his iPhone, so now I can help him with tech support without driving out to the woods. Even though I do love making the trip out, his property is beautiful. Uh, it's just sometimes there's more efficient ways to do things. And especially if people are agreeing to pay me hourly, they should absolutely be okay to us doing those hours as absolute efficient as possible. So I'm all for meeting in person, but if there's a way around it, and don't get me wrong, I don't think Zoom replaces in-person meetings. There's still some things, contracts that you just have to go over in person. Um, so it's just a matter of adding a new tool to your tool belt. So 
sort of other complacent thinking that I see. So I have to, it's on my list to watch the, uh, is it Ancient Apocalypse, Graham Hancock's series? Um, so I discovered Graham through Joe Rogan's podcast. And essentially he has a theory that 12 to 14,000 years ago, there was an apocalyptic period and there was a heavily advanced society before then. Um, his backing is all sorts of megalithic structures that are appearing in farm. So essentially you don't go from just farming and raising crops to building huge pyramids and megalithic structures. Something is usually coercing that. So um, I'm interested in hearing this. And before I even get a chance to watch the series, because I've heard multiple episodes of him on Joe Rogan. It's something I want to investigate for myself. I'm seeing all sorts of press coming out saying that it should be um, considered science fiction. Um, now, in the world of academia, a lot of stuff is theories, and there's a lot of people who agree on a theory and mainstream. And the sake of science, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of academics, and think about it, there's pressure to be the first to discover something, the first to put out a paper on something. So you're not over here collaborating with other archaeologists and saying, oh, what did you find? What did I find? Let's put this all together. You're looking to be that person that breaks the story. So academia has a weird way of not necessarily being collaborative, even though if you think about science and the idea of science, people don't prove things for their own notoriety. There's not a ton of money in science. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson disproving Pluto, that pissed a lot of people off. You've got textbooks that have to be rewritten. You've got things that are taught this way. And it's just another example where you have something stuck in your head. And for some reason, uh, people get very upset when you change their way of thinking or offer a new way of thinking. So one thing I try to do personally is be open to new information. If somebody brings something to me, I may say, okay, I've done it this way 95% of the time, but let's explore that little 5%. Let's see what we can change and do. So I'm always open to hearing a new way to improve on a system and I'll test it. And then I'll go back to the way that works the best, whether that's the new way or the old way, but you can't be, you can't just shut yourself off to everything. Uh, in the idea of hearing something new or doing something new for yourself, you got New Year's Eve coming up. A lot of people look at this as a time to let go of our past and move into our future. Um, <clears throat> I've been really on the mentality of staying in the now and not really spending too much time regretting the past or wishing to change it or uh, changing the future or being fearful about the future. But it does make me think, what can we change? You know, it's been a hell of a year. I mean, I've done a ton of things. I've had accomplishments for myself, um, whether it be increase in health, weight loss, uh, starting a podcast, something that I've always looked to do and that I've been able to do consistently every week since I've started. Um, there's upgrades and things that I want to do to the podcast, Some, uh, just some things that make the production time a little bit faster, uh, changes that we may make on our New Year's Eve episode, we're going to go and we're going to have some ideas. We go this way or we can go that way and we'll get an idea of which one works as we build the audience and, and turn this into something. Um, big shout out to everybody who's been over to the studio. It's interesting. So I've, I've done it a couple ways. One, I've had somebody over 
recorded a podcast and just gave them an idea of what the set was going to look like in post. And they were blown away. They were like, there's no way where we were sitting looks like that. So that's insane. Um, Then I've had people who have seen it and then come and be like, yeah, but where's the wait, wait, you, you do all that here. So it's like, wow, it can go one of two ways. But um, did have a popular videographer over recently. I'm not going to put them on blast um, just because we got to get the paperwork out of the way before they can come on as a guest. I'd really like them to promote their work and do some things like that. But it's fun. You know, we're just playing around with the equipment. And if you haven't had the chance uh, to get on a podcast or be in a studio, um, if you're like me, you, you're young and you're watching this stuff and you're like, why are they wearing headphones? Uh, what is he doing with that? How come he moves away from the mic when he's coughing? And I'm watching people and starting to put it all together for myself. And it was fun just kind of going through and testing the equipment and explaining why we wear the headphones and how everything works. So it'll be interesting. Um, I did want to put a piece right here for the holidays. Um, I was thinking about my decorations and I've been talking about it for a few weeks so I decided, well, this is something I have to get retail. I can't go and do it online. I'll go out shopping, check the thrift stores, put something nice together, then we'll record the podcast a little bit later. So first stop was Burlington, I want to say. Did we go to Burlington first or the Dollar Tree? Uh, I want to say we went to Burlington and I'm looking around. They have all sorts of little things. I'm taking a look at YouTube and looking at the set and thinking, okay, what would fit here? Is that going to be in frame? Should I change the frame? Should we throw some garland around the table? I really want to be festive and have some fun with this. Uh, didn't quite find anything until all of a sudden there was these, they were like red Santa boots with the black straps, the white rim. And uh, they were like, they had white tinsel and presents and stuff coming out of them. It was just a really cool crafted piece. 15 bucks. I was like, bet I'm going to get this. So I go and I'm waiting in line and there's about 15, 20 people in a line in front of me. And all of them have carts full of stuff. They're Christmas shopping. And I'm thinking, man, I wish they had a self checkout. I just ring this up. And as I'm looking at it, there's just some imperfections. And I was like, well, that's cool. That adds some character. The soles aren't completely painted onto the boots. And I'm like, oh, there's a black. You would have seen it from here. There was a black mark over the top of the left footprint. So I'm like, oh, I could go back, find another one. These are probably hand painted. There's probably a good one. But now if I get out of line, I need to wait in line again. So sorry, retail shoppers. I set it right down at the nearest place, pushed my way through the line and left, left with nothing. So we decide, well, on the way home, we could stop by Michael's. Uh, Michael's has crafts and stuff. They'll definitely have something good. So I go to Michael's. I look at a couple of things. There was one piece that looked pretty good. It was 50% off, but I felt like I was settling for it. And everywhere I went, it felt like there was only one thing to pick. So I said, I need to make some content for the podcast. I need to have a piece for people to talk about. I need to select it and do this. Then I decided to just talk about how I couldn't find something in retail. I wasn't going to go to a third shop. I may or may not go looking online, but we complained about the imperfections of retail. 
but yet there are still things that it's best to go and touch and buy. And there's things, even if I go to a store and touch it and then buy it online, there's still a reason for retail. And I wish that retail would do a better job of becoming more of a conduit for buying things online. I mean, even if they just had a next to the self checkout, you can buy something online and you just do it there in the store so you could see things. Uh, these are different ways that you could kind of capitalize on that. Um, I, I, I may buy a piece online, but I don't know the exact size. So I have to go and check the dimensions of a piece just to make sure that it all fits versus physically holding something and doing it. But I will have more chances online. I can probably order something and it'll be here before the next episode. But people complain about online shopping. They say it puts mom and pop shops out of business. I would say there's some truth to that. But in 2022, 2023, there is absolutely no reason why you can't also sell your products in a hybrid model and be online. Uh, there are small plugins you can get if you have a website that you can sell things through your website and accept credit card payments. There are Facebook Marketplace. There are all sorts of different websites like this where people have yard sales and sell all sorts of used goods. So they bring the shoppers to you. You just have to have the goods and go through setting up the logistics of shipping it out and doing things like that. Uh, what I do for a career is Google AdWords and or, uh, Google Ads. Hasn't been called AdWords in some years now, but uh, there we go with the complacent thinking. I'm stuck calling it AdWords for life. Uh, but they have all sorts of local campaigns that you can drive people who search Google and make it easier for them to see your store and hit get directions to go to your store and you pay for that conversion. So there's ways you could bring somebody to see something online, but then buy it in retail. The opposite of what I just talked about. But you have to find ways to adapt to the way the world is and stop complaining about the way the world will be. Um, I'm going to have a, and he has confirmed, we just got to get him on here, but I'm going to have Alex Blankenberger on here. We're going to talk about uh, AI and where it may be going. Uh, we had talked about this about a month ago when a AI submission won an art contest Um and it rose a whole bunch of things about if this was the end of it for uh, artists like myself or if people still wanted to go through the empathetic feeling of making it. Um, so we have some small conversations. I'm going to save that for Alex, but I do have my own ideas of how artists can adopt to these new tools because they're going to evolve before the laws that regulate them do. So if you guys are waiting for them to get together and put regulation for what AI can and can't do. Just know we're still waiting for them to catch up on intellectual property laws for the last five or 10 years. So um, good luck with that. Ay, ay, ay. So here we are with a not decorated for Christmas podcast, a story about trying to get it decorated. And you know what? Maybe I just need to grab the next thing that I see and put it here. Maybe it changes each time, but we're not going to overthink it. Um... In one second, I'm going to check the time before I go through my notes. Wow. 30 minutes. Go check that timestamp and look. No, it's not going to line up because there's some in the beginning. But when I went and looked at my timestamp right now, it's at exactly 30 minutes. I'm getting better at this, people. I'm getting better. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not looking at a timer while I'm recording, but I am trying to keep it consistent around 30 minutes or so. So um, I'm going to start wrapping up. A couple of things I want to leave you with and a couple of things I want you to ask and think about. What are you doing for New Year's? What are you going to change? What are you going to put up? Uh, shout out to everybody who texted me what they were going to do for Pods Giving when we went off and challenged people to drop in the comments things they were thankful for. You guys text me. The whole point was to have it a group effort. We got no comments, so I'm assuming that none of my listeners are grateful for anything. Let's change that, guys. Drop something in the comments that you're grateful for. Drop your New Year's resolutions. And we're going to do that on the next couple of episodes and see where we can go from there. This is I Will Not Lose podcast, stories of success learned from failure. To support the show, visit the website shows.acast.com slash I will not lose. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player, share the episode link, leave a comment, or even just tell your friend, hey, you know what? You should go and check out this podcast by Tony Ortiz. It's pretty cool. And they're going to say, oh yeah, where do I find it? And you tell them wherever you want. I will not lose podcasts available on all streaming platforms. And they're going to say, well, I don't listen to any streaming platforms. I don't watch it unless it's on YouTube. Just go ahead and share them this link. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you listening. 